Well, g'day everyone, and welcome to another week of the Bible Boys. My name is Pip, and I'm James, and it is so good for you to join us for another week of us sharing a bit of what's happening, getting into the Bible together, having an all-around fun time, one that is encouraging as well. And Pip, I'm so glad to be here with you today. How was your lecture today at at college?、Um, I heard it was on sin and salvation. Yes,、uh, there was a lecture on sin and salvation today. It was good. It was,、um, I guess, humbling to think about sin for a couple of hours and to think about the depth of our sin, my sin,、mm, um, mm. as well as the the beauty and the greatness of salvation in Jesus. So it was a, it was a very important、um, and yeah, uplifting lecture.、Um, Yeah, it was good. It was good.、Um, nice. Has there been a theme to the lectures on Friday? Because Friday is your doctrine class. Has there been a theme to the different topics, or is it just assorted topics? It's assorted topics. I mean, te- it's kind of like we're walking through a systematic theology, except it's no one, no one systematic theology in particular.、Um, it's probably it's probably just Mark Thompson's system of theology and the way that he teaches it.、Um, but it's it's all based around the gospel. So、nice. the gospel is kind of the the anchor of the system. That makes sense. So yeah,、around. yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. Oh, that's great. That's great.、Yeah. And how's、yeah. your day been? What have you you been up to? Yeah, my day's been good so far. I've been just doing a bunch of work for Sunday, trying to get Sunday up and going. You know, there's so many different elements that we're trying to get done nice and early now. So you've got your prayers videos, you've got your Bible reading videos, you've got your extra elements. So this week we're asking members to share、uh, if they've read a book that was particularly、um, uh, helpful for them in the in the last little while. Uh, and then trying to make sure we know what music is, because you want all those elements in. Because on Sunday itself,、uh, the the people on site are your service leader and your live stream team. But、mm. there, are, apart from the service leader, the other elements are mostly pre recorded.、Um, and so yeah, it's it's just been an interesting sort of shift to try to do a lot of heavy lifting on the Friday. And and you 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 guys have been doing that as well at Penrith, if if I'm right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we're a bit further away from the action, obviously, as to what we're what we did during MTS and what you're, you know, doing in in your role. Like we're further away from the action, but we we can still、um, we're still involved, and we still get this sense of yeah how hard the ministers are working、um, behind the scenes through the week to make Sunday happen.、Um, mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And、uh, after we record today,、um, I'm going to head to church because. Uh, Mike, one of the other ministers at St Paul's, and I,、uh, we're going to just put a bit of work in before we、uh, then preach and and record a sermon on Matthew fourteen. So we're about to do a three week series in Matthew fourteen.、Um, it's sort of like a delayed series in the sense that we started back in Matthew twelve last November, and the plan was to keep going, but we've、uh, sort of delayed continuing it on. So we're going to do three weeks in Matthew fourteen. We're then going to head into Romans nine to eleven,、mm. uh, and then we'll probably pick it up again in Matthew at some some stage in the future. So, yeah, three weeks. It's it's going to be good. All in Matthew chapter fourteen, and I've really enjoyed getting into it. I've really enjoyed working with Mike, learning、um, just a bit of、uh, how he sort of breaks down a passage, how he thinks. It's really interesting to know. You know, everyone has their own style, their、mm. own way of approaching things. So, yeah, that's been great as well, and I look forward to. 
to seeing how the finished um, sermon looks uh, later today. That's great. Well, I hope it goes well. And so is you and Mike on the next three weeks, all three weeks? So it's us for the next two weeks. It wasn't meant to be this originally. So it was meant to be uh, Raj, who our senior minister, was going to do the first week. Then it was going to be Mike on the second week. Then I was going to be on the third week. Um, But we've slotted in another sermon uh, that we did last week on serving. And so Raj took that one. Mike was on this week's one. But then Mike said, hey, James, what if we did, you know, both of us doing it together? Uh, Right now in online times, sort of one person preaching to the camera uh, can be a bit tricky um, to help people engage. And so I said, you know what, that makes a lot of sense. Let's do it together. So we're going to do together this week and then next week as well. Mm. Um, Yeah. So it'll be both of us for the next two weeks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Have you found that that sort of, I mean, it's, it's a tricky balance, isn't it? Because on one level you want depth and you want, you know, the ability to, to, yeah, to dig deeper into a passage, but you can, it's the whole thing about intention and impact, isn't it? Right. So you as a preacher could intend to go in depth and, and, you know, great illustrations, be as compelling as you can, but the medium of video right now and, and, you know, people watching a service from home the impact is that a lot of people can can sort of zone out and tune out. And so it's just been a tricky thing because I think mm. I'm realizing how limited the team format is, even though there's lots of good things to it. And yet at the same time, I also recognize that the things that you may want to do by preaching by yourself, they may not actually be achieved on the impact and, you know, in, in terms of how people receive it. Yeah, have you thought a bit about that as as well? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I guess one like one of the benefits of um, team preaching is seeing more faces. I think that's really important at this time to get more of a sense of like community and um, yeah, seeing seeing more people from church. I think that's a really important thing. Um, yeah, and I guess it, it does it forces the preacher to work harder to square what they think about the passage with with what someone else thinks about the passage and i think that's a helpful refinement process Mm. um yeah i guess from a listener perspective i don't know i guess it depends it depends on the the chemistry between the two people um and you know it also depends on if if a single if a single person actually shines when they're just speaking by themselves, that as well. So there's lots mm. of different factors there. One thing I've been thinking about, I don't know what you think about this. I've been thinking about continuity in sermon series um, yeah. during yeah. lockdown. You know, I get the sense that for a lot of people, they, they tune in maybe 60, 70% of the time. So most weeks I'll tune in. But, you know, if, you know, if it's very, uh, if to get the meaning of a sermon, you've had to watch the last three yeah. To get the continuity, <laughs> I think maybe that's a bit of a danger. We need to we we need to kind of work at having our sermons understandable as standalone things. I think, mm. um, as well as having the continuity. If you're working your way through a book, yeah. of, you know, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's something I've been thinking about, particularly in lockdown. I think like, yeah, yeah. I mean, you shared a bit about that last week as well. And this week, the the thought has come back into my mind because Viv and I are about to finish another TV show. Mm. And it's one of those things where we just watched, the last episode we watched, it's an excellent piece of television. But if you've never watched 
the previous episodes, you don't get why it's so good. Mm, and yep. it totally relies upon it. It's drawing on, calling back to references um, that rely on you having watched the previous 60-something episodes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And that's a big ask when it comes to um, uh, just your viewer, right? Um, mm. You know, especially when you think about TV shows having lost, you know, some of them go for three, four, five, six, seven years to say, oh, do you remember that thing that happened back in episode one? Mm. Um, that's, that's a big thing. And um, I think it's more pronounced when it comes to sermons because with sermons, you don't have as many elements for example the visual medium of you know seeing an image um music arousing a, a performance that sort of thing um mostly it's it's um cognitive and auditory right in terms of what you're hearing so it, mm. I, I think i'm just saying i resonate with what you're saying to ask people to to retain all of the things that you've um put in place over the last few weeks it can be pretty hard although i will say that just in our last sermon series at church, um, or us uh, two sermon series ago in the book of Joel, I did have a bunch of people say to me that they feel like they have gotten a better grasp of the book. Now, part of that might be because we spent six weeks in the three chapters, mm. and and I think that those six weeks were well used. Um, and and then we had growth groups as well, and the Sunday you know sermons, and so it just drummed the same themes in again and again and again. And I think that that is helpful. Um, but, you know, you try to do that with a book like, let's say, 2 Samuel, right? Where you've got so many chapters. Um, you try to go, okay, we need you to get a grasp of every single thing in the sequence. That That's a bit harder to do. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are you folks in right now in terms of book of the Bible at Penrith? So we're doing 1 Samuel. Ah, there you go. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, and yeah. so uh, we're just doing the first four four chapters. Oh yeah, you um, told me that. Yeah, you told me that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think similar to St. Paul's, you know, if if you do a big book, you might not necessarily do the whole thing. You might go off and do something else, and then come back to it later. Um, and yeah, like it, even just that mode of doing it. Some sometimes I'm like, I get, I can see it in terms of you know, keeping things fresh and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I'm, 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 it's probably more my personality. I'm a big kind of <laughs> o- overview person. I really like a good summary of something. Yes. Um, yes. You know, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so like, you know, if I, if I wanted to kind of understand what Luke is about, I'd go and read the Wikipedia page and I'd, <laughs> and I'd read and I'd, you know, watch the Bible Project video and yes, I'd yes, yes. read the intro in the study Bible and stuff like that just to get a general big picture of what it's about. Um, yeah. Hey, yes. have you heard of Accelerate Books? Accelerate Books. Is that the... Um, is that like Netflix for books? <laughs> I think... Um... Or some... Oh, it's book summaries. It's the book summaries page. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So a bunch of us at Afternoon Church, we, I think it was something like 30 of us got on a subscription and uh, we got a lifetime subscription and basically the service gives you book summaries. Um, so you pick a book that they have and that uh, they give you a PDF, um, you know, so let's say it's uh, Cross of Christ, right? Mm. Um, uh, you, you download the PDF, it's 20 pages that summarizes the whole book for you. 
Um, yeah, I, I feel I'm like not, you yeah. totally get around that. Or, not, or do you not think so? I'm not so? a big fan of that. I'm not a big fan. I think he, the thing, like, yeah, okay. Like, sure. All right, run I, me through your thinking. It, run me through your thinking. Because you I, like I, summaries. Why wouldn't you like this? I think it, it, it is like a catch-22 thing in that um, summaries are really helpful to understand something so you don't need to read the whole thing. But summaries are not very helpful if you haven't made the summary yourself by reading the whole thing and summarizing it yourself. And so I think, you know, for people, and I'll probably speak about this in a, in a sec as well, like for someone, if you really want to understand Luke, actually the best thing to do is to read Luke at a run um, and try to summarize it yourself and to, and to try and try and figure out what is the big picture and try to sum, summarize it down. So then in 10 years or in, or, or in 10 months, when, someone, when you're thinking, what's Luke all about? We're about to do in Bible study. You can go, let me just look at my summary and refer to that. And um, that'll spark all these memories of yeah. what you've already read. <laughs> so it is a bit of a catch-22 sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I get you. I, I'm, I'm, I'm the same. Yeah, so I haven't... I, I've used one of the book summaries so far, but I'm continuing to read books. I haven't even checked if there are summaries of the books that I'm reading <laughs> on, on the service. But I like that it's there. I, I get it that for a lot of people, they may struggle. I mean, I think what I get what you're saying as well, which is the problem would be someone says they, they've read a summary of the book and therefore they understand the book fully, Yeah. which you just don't get that depth, do you? you yeah, just don't get yeah. It. I yeah. was watching the, I was watching the, there was an Andrew Heard thing from, um, uh, Reach Australia, I think, I think it was one, but he had this great point. It was like some books, you don't need to read it. You just read the cover and you've got it. <laughs> Simple church. It's in the title. It's in the title. Okay, that's a good point. That's a good point. Church should be simple. All right, move on. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I know which clip you're talking about. Yeah, that that was that was a great one. It was um uh, it was uploaded on the Reach Australia page. I think last week called a fierce conversation. Mm, yeah, 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 it's a good so, one. That that is true. Of some books, you read the title and you're like, hmm, yeah. And like, you know, there's a book, The Power of Habit, and you're like, yeah, yeah, habit. Yeah. <laughs> a, a death, death by meeting. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I think I get it. I yeah. totally agree with that. That could be a meme and you could just move on. That's but, right. Uh, there's a whole book. So For Wednesday training, we just finished reading The Pursuit of Holiness by Jerry Bridges. I'll tell you what, mate. It's all in the title. Yeah. You pursue <laughs> it. Holiness is good. Pursue it. That's right. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now. The Bible in Australia. Yeah. The Bible is in Australia. The Bible is in Australia. That's right. Uh, what's another one? The Crucified King. Did you know that Jesus is a king and he was crucified? I did know that, and thank you for the reminder. That's right, that's right. Gospel of the kingdom. Yes. The gospel is of the kingdom of God. There you go. Yes, excellent. Yeah, I love it. Now, the Bible doesn't quite work, because you hear Bible and you're like, what does Bible actually mean? That doesn't make any sense. Yes, You've got to read the Bible. That's it. You've got to read the Bible. That's it, that's it. And one more, you've got uh, Wu's Wonderful World of Maths. Oh. There you go. Were it's, you at Roos when he was teaching there? Yeah, yeah. Um, Mr. Wu, Eddie Wu. Yeah, he's a, he's a friend of mine. We, wow. He never taught me in a class, uh, but we spent a lot of time together with our Christian group, and uh, we, wow. we caught up a bunch after I finished high school. So Didn't he yeah. win, like, Australian of the Year or something? Something like that. Local, local Australian Hero of the Year, something like that. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a big difference between Australian of the Year... 
local young okay, okay. subculture Australia. Let, let me find thing. it. Let me find it. I'm searching it right now. <laughs> let's get this right. Let's let's not shortchange him yeah. when it comes to what it is that he he won. Yeah. He won. In 2018, Wu was awarded Australia's Local Hero Award. Look, still good. Still uh, pretty good. Very good. That's, that, you know, that's a great award. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> I did watch, I watched a video of his on YouTube about um, survivorship bias. Oh, yeah. The plane with all the bullets in it. Yes, yes, yes. Did yeah. you know that he used to come to St. Paul's? I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. He was at Arvo Church. Yeah. Ah, very cool. Yeah, cool. back in the day, back in the day. In any case, listeners, uh, the spotlight for this week, Pip's going to be leading us through it. And Pip, if I understand correctly, today's spotlight is going to be how to read the whole Bible. Is that right? Yeah, basically. Um, yeah, I've got... Um, yeah, let me start. So here are two basic tips on how to approach reading the whole Bible. Um and I think when it comes to reading the whole Bible, I think there are two mistakes that people tend... There are two big mistakes that people tend to make. Um, and I'll use the uh, analogy of uh, price and, and value, cost and value. So when you go to buy something, there are two reasons why you might, might not do it. One is you don't think the thing itself is worthwhile enough. You might have the money, but you don't think it's worthwhile enough. Um, the other thing would be... You don't have the money. You see that you see it. You're like, oh, that's a great thing. It's very, it's 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 very valuable. But I just don't have the money to do it. And you know, as a analogy for Bible reading, sometimes when we approach the Bible um, and the concept of reading the whole Bible, we can think on the one hand, some people think I don't need to. It's not worth it. Um, it's not worth my time. I, I probably have the time, but no, actually, it's not worth it. Another another thing we can say is. Um, I can see the value in it. I get it. How good would it be to know the Bible in its entirety? And yet I don't have the time. Um, I don't have the energy. I don't have the capacity, all that sort of stuff. So the two tips that I want to do uh, are kind of directed at those two mistakes that I think people make. So the first tip would be um, build a big vision for what reading the whole Bible is. So build a big vision. Um, I think all too often, um, you know, you have people who have read maybe half the Bible and they think to them and and you think, okay, I kind of get it. I don't really need to go into those minor prophets. I don't really need to go into the, you know, all of Paul's letters or I don't need to read. But I actually think there's great value in reading the whole Bible, um, whether that's from Genesis through Revelation in that order or in some different order, reading everything in the Bible is really valuable. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness that the person of God might be equipped uh, for every good work. Um, uh, you read the Psalms, you, you get these like outpourings of like how good is it to know God's word, to have God's word. Um, you know, you can imagine a, like a loved one, imagine a loved one that you haven't um, seen for an incredibly long time and you yearn to hear from them and they send you a really long email. You know, it, you, would, you would read, even if it's a really long email, you'd read it all. Even if it was pages and pages and pages long, you'd read it all because 
you want to know the person who you want to know that person better. You want to you want to have a relationship with that person. Um, you don't skim emails like that. You read them intently. Um, and we have this we have a heavenly Father, uh, our God who made us, uh, who is ruling over the universe, and He's given us words that we can uh, read, that we can digest, that we can meditate on to know Him better. And ultimately, that's that's what it's all about. It's about knowing God. You know, so um, build this big, uh, big vision. There's some ways of thinking about it. It's about knowing God better, having a deeper relationship with God. It's about being able to know what God wants of us. Um, Jesus says in uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 28, he says, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Jesus says, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Now, imagine someone says, you know, says to Jesus, yeah, I've, I've heard a bit of the word and I obey a bit of the word. Uh, you know, I think Jesus has a bigger vision than that. As Christians, we want to be people who um, know and understand the word that God has given us. And so, yeah, that's one way of selling it that I've just tried to do. Um, think more on it. Read more on it. Try to build a big vision for the worth of what you're doing. That's Tip number one, build a big vision. And the second tip is break it down. So build a big vision and then tip two, break it down into small steps where you get to the point where you say, actually, I can do this. Now, I posted something on on Instagram um, earlier, which was basically a breakdown of how long does it take to actually read the Bible when you kind of do the maths around how many words there are and how long, uh, how fast the average reader can read. Um... For most people, it'll be somewhere from 70 to 100 hours of, time, of your time, right? And you can break in, you continue to break that down into, you know, how much time you're willing to give to it each day. Now, now here's another mistake that I, that I think I've made and that I think people generally make with stuff. Some people are task, more task-oriented and some people are more time-oriented. And let me just flesh this out a bit. I feel like some people, when they think, what do I have to do today? Some people have a list of thing, tasks that they have to do and they're not really satisfied with their productivity of that day until they tick everything off that list. And if they do tick everything off that list by lunchtime, they're actually quite happy for the rest of the day um, hanging out because they've done their list. But then you get, you get some people who, who allot time and they're very time-oriented and they say... Um, I'm going to read the Bible for an hour. I'm going to exercise for an hour. I'm going to pray for half an hour. I'm going to study for this. And it doesn't matter what they get done. If they stop short of that time, they feel a bit guilty or they feel dissatisfied. Oh, I haven't done it. When it comes to reading the Bible, I, I, what I would say is this. I would say, um, think of it as a project, a big project that you break down into, into small steps um, what ultimately what you you don't want to be task oriented you don't want to be time oriented ultimately you want to be goal oriented what's the big goal is to know God better by knowing the Bible better so big goal so the challenge is to be consistently goal oriented but behind that is the second layer which is to be um, guided by and I would say be more task oriented than time oriented so um, set yourself the task of reading three or four chapters a day and what i'd say i'd also say this don't say three or four chapters say at least 
three chapters because I've read through the Bible and, and this is not boasting. I'm, you know, I'm just trying to share my experience. I've read through the Bible you know, a couple of times in my life and each time in, in reading through, there are times when you're reading where you're like, actually tonight I really feel like reading 10 chapters. I really feel like reading the whole of Joshua in one sitting just to see what that's like. And like running a marathon, if you talk to like marathon, I'm not a marathon runner. I can, <laughs> I can say I can't boast about that. But if you talk to a marathon runner, if you look at how quickly they run for a marathon, it's not, it doesn't steadily stay the same. Sometimes it'll go down. And sometimes towards the end even, it'll go up for a bit. And so you've got to, you've got to kind of vibe it a bit and think, okay, I'm not going to constrain myself to three chapters a day. Sometimes I'm going to read more than that. Um, and so read more, read, read at a run. Um, now, with time, I would say uh, what, what would be good is to start to get an idea of how long it takes to do the task that you want to do every day. So be task-oriented, but have some kind of sense of time so you can actually schedule it into your day. So for, for a lot of people, reading three or four chapters is going to take 20 to 30 minutes. And so you want to say, when in my day do I want to do that? And for most people, it's going to be morning. That's when the brain is most kind of focused and ready to go. For some people, it will be nighttime or lunchtime or something like that. Um, but start to build that habit um, and break it down. So um, what I've done in the past, which I found very helpful, is to get an Excel spreadsheet and to write down the 66 books and to actually write out one, two, three, four, five, the number of chapters in each book and to kind of tick them off as I go so I can have a visual representation of what's uh, going on. So they're basically um, the, the two big tips. And just I'll throw in a, like a, a Bible verse that's, that's tenuously uh, kind of related to uh, that second point of being disciplined and break it down and keep going. Hebrews 12, 11, it's talking about persecution but it kind of applies. It says, For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Um, and I think that is that does provide some help to this task. Reading the Bible, being disciplined and doing it can feel painful um, rather than pleasant, but the fruit it yields when you get to that big vision of, man, I actually know the Bible better than I thought I ever would, um, is, is incredible. Uh, let me just caveat all that by saying uh, it's a lifelong process. And so even if you read through the Bible once or twice or three times, there's still gonna, the, the Bible is a deep, deep well um, and you can keep drinking from it your whole life and be learning new things and studying new things all the time. So there are two tips. Uh, build up a big vision of how good it would be to read the whole Bible. Tip number two, break it down so that you actually feel like you can do it and you can make a start and you can get through and persevere. Two tips for reading the whole Bible. Nice. Oh, thanks, Pitt. Thanks for preparing that. Thanks for presenting it. Yeah, and I, I, I found that really helpful to think about. Uh, I really like the distinction you made on, on trying to understand why it is that some people might find it really hard to do and how you sort to address that. So I found that very helpful. Um, you know, a verse that came to mind as well when you were talking about have a big vision uh, was Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, which says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, 
but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. And to remember that, you know, God, there are lots of things that God hasn't chosen to reveal to us, but what he has belongs to us. This, this is our revelation. This is God's word to us and for us. What a privilege it is to, to have access to it. Mm, um, and so why wouldn't we want to mine from the riches uh, that are here? You know, it reminds me of it, just on a humorous example for a mm. second, a bit of a burn example. But uh, there, was a, there was a friend of mine a few years ago who was saying, you know, James, I just I don't know what it is that God wants me to do. And it was a situation which I won't go into where I just gently said to him, hey, um, you know, the Bible talks about this, right? He goes, wait, what? What? Really? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Bible talks about this, this issue that you're going through. Mm. He goes, oh, okay. Where? And he was really excited. And I, I humorously said to him, isn't it funny that you're going, oh, uh, what's God's will for me here? Well, God, God has given you his will and you just were, you know, you weren't looking to it. Mm. <laughs> and he goes, oh, burn, burn. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't mean it badly. I just thought it was an amusing insight. But he really wanted to go, oh, yeah, we're in, we're in the Bible. And it turns out it was a part of the Bible that he hadn't really read before. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so much that God has revealed to us. Um, the issue for us is that we, we uh, may not be aware that it's there, that it's written there. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um, yeah, I think as well, when you, when you read the New Testament and you see how the apostles think of Scripture, like they, they talk about it so holistically. In, in summarizing the gospel, they go back to Adam, they go back to Abraham, they talk about Moses, they talk about Samuel, they talk about uh, kings, they talk about prophets, they, it's the whole gamut. And so, um, yeah, if we want to understand the gospel, if we want to understand actually what God wants us to do and wants us to believe, actually we, we've got to attack it more holistically, mm. I think. Um, yeah. uh, in your... Firstly, let me ask, let me just ask you, those two kind of mistakes that I talked about at the beginning, what do you think um, is more common amongst young people, young Christians in, in uh, let's say, like a St. Paul's context or a, the context that we're familiar with? Um, do, would you say it's uh, for people who, I don't know, struggle with the idea of reading the whole Bible, do you think it's more an issue of I don't have the capacity or I don't think I have the capacity of the time and all that sort of stuff or I don't think it's worth it it's probably a mixed bag but what's your read I think the the thing that surrounds all of it is that I think for a lot of people they feel like they just aren't big readers period and so the prospect of reading a big book seems quite daunting uh, mm. a lot of people uh, in our context just aren't very big readers um, you know, I should, I should, um, clarify that. I think we are big readers. We read so much on our phones, on our computers, on our devices every day. We don't have sustained, intentional, careful reading. Mm, mm. Um, people yeah. are reading every day, right? Tweets, 
Instagram posts. Mm. Um, so I, I, I would say that for a lot of people, it's not that the desire isn't there. People know that they could slash should. And even that I think is, is dangerous. I, th- I think what is, and I, and I experienced this because I was, I've been doing this training course on how to read the Bible. I did it last term and this term. And I think the thing that liberated a lot of people's uh, consciences was the notion that reading the Bible should be seen as a privilege rather than a duty. Mm. Um, now, I want to be careful here because duty isn't a terrible thing, you know. Uh, duty is a, is a really good thing. Mm. Um, but reading the Bible, the Bible never commands us to read the Bible. This is mm. a very important thing to say. The Bible never commands us to read the Bible. Um to which, you know, you could totally twist that and then say, oh, I guess I just don't need to then. I, you know, I never mm. want to, right? Um, but the point being that I think a lot of people know that it would be a good thing to read, but struggle with reading in general. Yeah, yeah. And then when it comes to tricky passages where they don't know how it fits within the wider scope of the Bible or how to interpret it, there's discouragement and going, I don't really know what I'm meant to do with this passage here. I don't really know what's going on here. yeah. And I think that's why I want to be very careful with saying to people that you you should be reading your Bible, right? I, and I get that there is a, a place for that sort of thing, but it depends on the person. If a person you know, values God's word, as a lot of our members do at St. Paul's, and, and do, does see the treasure of it, but just really struggles perhaps in their biblical theology. You know, how does this fit within the wider story and the, re- the revelation of God? Uh, trying to think about, you know, how they interpret it. To add that weight onto them um, without saying, actually, let me help equip you in how mm. to do this. Mm. Um, you can become another, you know, you can be adding conviction that isn't helpful. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, I think that's, yeah. those are, that's really helpful um, to kind of, to, to kind of qualify this whole kind of discussion around reading the Bible. I think as well, like, yeah, I, I think you're, you're actually, yeah, that's a really good point that some, some people do actually really struggle with reading, whether it's um, maybe they don't struggle with reading text or, or meme, or, you know, reading a bit, but reading kind of um, for an extended period of time and reading stuff that's not necessarily easy to digest and easy to understand on first value. Um, I do think people, a lot of people struggle with that. Um, and so I think it's also important to say that the, having a physical printed Bible, that is just a media. That's an in-between between you and the Word of God. And so for some people, it's going to be um, audio Bible. For some people, it's going to be um, some kind of more visual displays of the story of the Bible and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people, it's going to be more discussion and sermons and, and, and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, so while, I think while the Bible never commands to read your Bible, the, the Bible does command and does really, you know, say um, we ought to hear the Word of God. Yes. And we, ought to, we need to respond to the Word of God. And obey, yeah. And obey right. the Word of God. That's right. That's and ultimately, right. that's talking. That's, Jesus is the Word of God. Yeah. But also, but the Bible is the Word of God. Yes. So um, that's the most, I guess that's the form we have most readily available. Um, 
I here's here's an idea, James. All right, we we're talking last time about business ideas. I was talking to because <laughs> I've I've been thinking about this issue of reading the whole Bible, um, and one of the things that came to mind is, like, I don't think there is a real standout audio Bible on the market at the moment. Mm. I think like if there was uh, like an app or something that had all the books of the Bible and all the kind of chapters and it had like really, really quality, um, interesting, engaging readings of the Bible for people to listen to, that would be really helpful. I also think when you, you know, um, in, in centuries gone by, people would read the Bible and then write commentaries. And people would get around commentaries and theology and systematic theologies. Um, I think maybe a modern equivalent that is now becoming more and more available to biblical scholars and, and theologians would be to start making audio commentaries of the Bible, mm. where you where you actually say five minutes around a chapter, you speak about five minutes. You know, imagine imagine an audio Bible where you have like a a group of theologians discussing the significance of that chapter before you get into it. Yeah, yeah. You know. Have you, have you heard of Streetlights? What is it? Streetlights? Yeah, have you heard of Streetlights Bible before? No, I haven't. It's a pretty quality audio Bible um, okay. where you've got these Christian rappers who just read the Bible of uh, well-produced backing tracks. And they've got okay. the, the whole New Testament. Um, yeah, but... You know, in terms of what you're saying, the whole Bible, yeah, they don't have that right now. So, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I think it's a good thought. Um, I, th- I think it, it's a good idea for sure, for sure. Um, um, with yeah, so with streetlights, do they? How do they produce? Like, is it is it easily as uh, accessible? Is it yep, free? They've got is an it... app. They've got. They're on Spotify. They're on YouTube. They have a website. Um, you know what? Check it out. Come okay, back next yeah. week and, and let me know what you think. Listeners, you might want to check out Streetlights Bible as well. I personally go between Streetlights for an audio Bible. And there's also, on the Bible app, there's this uh, NIV uh, anglicized English reader's edition read by this famous, you know, reader. Anyway, mm. you know, it's no nonsense, just reading crisp pronunciation and all that i i quite like that but mm. i get what you're saying something more accessible streetlights might be it but let, let's pick this up next week and i'll ask you what you thought about streetlights yeah. yeah um let me share two things just on the bible reading thing as well uh, one is uh i remember in 2012 i went to a camp and we played the it was it was a new team i was, I was serving on a team and we played two truths and one lie right and my uh lie you know, lie in quotes because you have to come up with something. Is that I've read the whole Bible, right. and uh, twenty twelve January, yeah, hadn't, I've, I'd never read the whole Bible. Anyway, after we did the whole thing, one of the female members came up to me and she said, "You know, that was very brave." And I said, "Well, what do you mean?" She said, "Not a lot of people would publicly admit that they haven't read the whole Bible." <laughs> And I remember being quite struck by that at the time, going, I didn't think I was being brave. It was just true. I, I hadn't, I had not read the whole Bible. Mm. Um, and, uh, but, but it, it, I've never forgotten that because I think that there is, um, possibly, uh, 
this this view that to be a good Christian you have to have read the whole Bible or anyway. Mm. But you know, f- just on that, I remember the first time I finished reading the whole Bible, and the last book I read was Ezra, and it was in third year uni, and uh, I think I've done it another few times since then. But I don't I don't actively keep track of it. I I just am trying to make my way through the Bible, reading, and I I love what you said in that it's it's to know God. Mm. And I think that's really crucial. It's not just knowing about God; it's knowing God, which is more than that. It's as I read, I dwell on it deeply and try to to see how it points me to Christ and how it fits in my life and what it reveals to me about who God is and what He has done throughout history. You know, Jesus is the Word of God incarnated. The Bible is the Word of God inscripturated, and the Holy Spirit takes it and illuminates it in our、mm. minds. Yeah. Um, yeah, there you go. I just came up with that in this. That's awesome.、Oh, yeah. You should、uh, ring up Streetlights and see if I can get a backing track for that. I'm not quite、um, a Christian rapper.、Um, um, yeah, and I, I think, yeah, I mean, I, I often imagine, you know, that it's a, it's a long text message, it's a long email, or something like that from a loved one. I think,、um, you know, we pay greater, we pay great attention to that because of the relationship. Yes, and、um, you know, on that,、uh, you know, there's nothing that says that in order to be married to Viv, I need to talk to her.、Mm. But so you know, on a superficial level, you could say, yeah, well, you know, there's nothing in what it means to be married that says you have to talk to her. Therefore, you know, you're married. But can you imagine if I said, well, therefore, I don't want to talk to Viv?、Mm, <laughs> what kind、right. of a marriage?、Yeah. What kind of a relationship would that be? And so I think that. That's that's the qualifier as well to say you know the Bible doesn't command us to read the Bible, but in order to relate with God and to know Christ's will and to obey His word,、yep. getting the Bible into us is absolutely crucial.、Um, yeah, part of what it means for us to be in this relationship. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's right. So I, I guess there's this continual pendulum, isn't there, of legalism where it's like, oh, I don't have to do it, but I should at least want to do it, but I don't have to, or, but I. <laughs> You'd probably want to, and I think, yeah, I think it's like, yeah, you don't have to read the Bible to be a Christian. True, that doesn't mean Christians shouldn't read the Bible and shouldn't want to read the Bible, but that doesn't mean that you should feel super guilty if you don't feel like that all the time. Yeah, yeah. But that doesn't mean like you should feel fine. <laughs> yeah.、Anyway. Well, and and it it is hard, isn't it? Because I think lowest common denominator. Is is a tricky place to aim for,、yeah. you know. The fact that you don't need to read the Bible to become a Christian or to be a Christian is such a、uh, it's it's so、um, relieving when you realize that there are languages in the world that the Bible has not been translated into yet, but the gospel can be communicated to people and they can respond to Christ.、Mm-hmm. Their salvation is not dependent on a literacy test,、yeah. or, or you think about people perhaps who who grow up with an intellectual disability and are unable to read. Their inability to read does not preclude them from the kingdom of God,、um, but on the basis of what you have, and the basis of what you know, and the basis of what you're able to do, if you are able to read God's word, you are able to understand it. You are able to to read sentences and to see the reality behind that. Why would you not want to? Right. Yeah, that's right. That's all, all very helpful, and so I guess it's fair to say it, my two big points that I gave definitely、yep. targeted at people who can read, who、yes. you know have the ability to get get to know the whole of scripture that way. Yeah, that's it. 
That's it. Uh, why don't we quickly share some of the things that we, we've actually been reading in the Bible that, as well. That sounds really good. That sounds really good. James, <laughs> do you want to share what you've been reading? Yeah, sure. Well, I'm in Deuteronomy right now. Are you in Deuteronomy? Actually, yes, I am in Deuteronomy. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, um, I hope you don't find this too corny. I finished you know, Malachi. I, I chose Deuteronomy because I thought, you know what? We might both be in Deuteronomy. Yeah, oh, that's cool. <laughs> but uh, one of the things I want to I want to share is so yeah, um, this week, you know, just making my way through Deuteronomy. One of the things I was really struck by is how um, the God of the Bible, the one true living God, um, he is just so separate and different, um, and you just see that coming through every single chapter. Um, and so I, I just want to read a, a particular section here in Deuteronomy chapter 4. So uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 15, You saw no form of any kind the day the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the fire. Therefore watch yourselves very carefully so that you do not become corrupt and make for yourselves an idol, an image of any shape, whether formed like a man or a woman, or like any animal on earth or any bird that flies in the air, or like any creature that moves along the ground, or any fish in the waters below. And when you look up to the sky and see the sun, the moon, and the stars, or the heavenly array, do not be enticed into bowing down to them and worshipping things the Lord your God has apportioned to all the nations under heaven. But as for you, the Lord took you and brought you out of the iron-smelting furnace, out of Egypt, to be the people of his inheritance, as you now are. You know, you look at all the things under uh, in creation, right? You look at all the creatures, you look at, at uh, the, the, the stars, the moon, the, the sun, all of these things that have been apportioned to the nations under heaven, God stands over and above all of it. Um, he, is, he is not those things. He is above those things. Um, he will not be confused or replaced with those things. Um, he is the one who deserves our love and worship and our, and our, and our faith. Uh, verse 24, for the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. And I think just a simple observation to make here that's profound, that if we don't have God, this this view of God as, as holy and separate and big and sovereign and overall, then yeah, lots of things will not make sense to us. In fact, lots of things we might just say, well, I wouldn't do that, so why would God do that? But to remember that, no, 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 no. God doesn't revolve around you. All things revolve around God. We are we are theocentric, not you know God centric, mm. God centered, not anthropocentric, man centered. Um, and so much of criticism of Christianity, misunderstanding of things, comes because we we approach the Bible in an anthropocentric way, man centered way. Anyway, mm. that that's what I wanted to share from my reading in Deuteronomy. That's awesome. That's really helpful. Um, very, very spooky because... Um, Wait, what? Because <laughs> I, I also want to share something from Deuteronomy 4. Oh, there you go. Providence of God. Pew, That's pew, pew, pew. Not, not planned at all. But on a similar, you know, in a, in a similar vein as well, um, in talking about the uniqueness of God and God's holiness, um, I wanted to share some verses that just came before what you read. Oh, wow. Um, wow. From verses 5 to 8, um, where we see that actually, as, as Israel is God's special chosen people, God actually has desires 
for other nations as well, other places as well. Mm. And so this is Deuteronomy 4, verses 5 to 8. It says this, Uh, See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me, so that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of it. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations, who will hear about all these decrees and say, Surely this is a great nation. Uh, It's wise and understanding. What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I'm setting before you today? And so, for me, this little paragraph indicates that God um, has chosen Israel and has given them a body of laws and has given them um, uh, closer, I guess, access to him and his word than the other nations. Um, And yet, uh, one of the functions of doing that is to for them to be a light to the world uh, for other nations to look at them and look at their way of life um, and to say surely this is a great nation and a wise and understanding people because of their great god mm. um, and so um, yeah like in the new testament obviously the gospel uh goes to the Gentiles, goes to the nations. But I think even in the Old Testament, God does care about the nations and does care mm. about the world. Um, and, you know, um, Romans 3, 2 puts it, you know, the Jews were entrusted with the oracles of God. They were entrusted with the very word of God. Um, but in a sense, it you know, that wasn't just for them. It was also to have echoes and uh, to be a visible sign to... Uh, the world around them as well. Mm. You know, that makes me think of, uh, you know, in Genesis 12, when God makes his promises to Abram, one of the things he says is, I will make you into a great nation, which makes me think, you know, when, when, whenever you put a, uh, whenever someone stands out from a crop, so, you know, let's say uh, someone is special, uh, the fact that they're special means that there's some quality that they have that there are others in that group that don't have. Mm. Right. Is that line from The Incredibles, which is, you know, ingrained in my head, the, the Pixar film, which is um, if everyone's special, then no one is special, which is mm. so silly. Mm. Um, that's what the villain says. But anyway, um, the fact that God promises Abram that he will make him into a great nation, it means that there is a, a group of other nations that don't have this greatness that will observe and, and see this greatness, mm. which I think is what you're, you're pointing to yeah, here in Deuteronomy yeah, yeah. 4 as well. So, yeah. yeah. Nice. There you go. Look at us. Deuteronomy chapter That's 4. It. That's it. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. It's time for us to play, um, I was about to say, uh, a video game, uh, t- 20 questions. Um, but the game, 20 questions. <laughs> so it's time for us to play the game, 20 questions. Have you, have you got a character... I've I've got a character ready to go. Okay. Mr. Witheridge. So, um oh wait, well sorry. Hard mode or medium mode? Um well your hard mode last time was really, really hard. So I'm gonna go medium this time. Okay, give me a second. I need to think of a medium because well, I Well, okay, hard. if you've got no, one, no, no. just so long as he's not ridiculously hard. No no no, give me give me uh ten seconds of thinking time okay. and I'll get it. Uh alright, cool, I got it. Oh wow, okay. Um Okay. 
is this does this person's name uh does their name show up in the old testament yes does it show up in the new testament And when I say uh, their name, I mean their name referred to them. Yeah. Uh, Not a copy of their name. I, I think so. I, I, or this is what, I think we've talked about this before. This is one of the benefits of doing this from mm. over Zoom. I can do a quick search to see if they show up in the, no, their name does not show up in the New Testament. Wow. Okay. All right. Um, hmm. Um, is this person a male? No. Oh, um, is this person, uh, oh, okay. Does this person die? Uh, is their death recorded? Is their death recorded? Yes. Okay. All right. I thought so. I just needed to check. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, is this person an Israelite? Yes. Okay. Five questions. Does this person appear in the first five books, in the Pentateuch? Yes. Does this person appear outside the Pentateuch? Now, when you say appear, what do you mean by appear? Um, does their name appear outside the Pentateuch? Yes. Okay, okay. So they, they have some cred. They, they stick around, you know, and they... Uh, popular realm okay um is this person matt was this person ever married to a um actually no that's too vague a question i won't ask that um does this person appear in genesis no okay interesting interesting um does this person appear in Exodus. Yes. Hmm. Does this person have a relationship with Moses? And to yes. A- oh, okay. Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Ten questions. Ah. Uh, I have read Exodus recently, so it should come. Okay, so a woman who's had a relationship. Um. Is this a... Was she married to Moses? No. Um, is... Does she... Um, okay, okay. Here we go. Here we, it's thinking time. All right. Um, does she speak to Moses? Is there dialogue between them? Yes. Does she appear pre-Exodus? As in, like, the actual Exodus from Egypt? Yes. Ooh, a woman. Who could it be? And she's an Israelite, and I've already established that. Is she... I've, I've established that, right? She's an Israelite? Yes. Okay. I won't count that as a question. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank for sure. Who, a woman that Moses 
had a relationship with, but wasn't married, but was a Hebrew, was she related to Moses? Yes. Is this maybe Moses? I don't think he had a sister. I could be wrong. Is it Moses' mother? No, I do. No, no. Wait, no! <laughs> no, 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 you haven't put a name in yet, so... Oh, okay, okay. You have five questions left, 15. Let me ask you this question. Oh, she... is. Does Moses have a sister? That's a question. Does Moses have a sister? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we've ever gotten a question before that isn't directly related to the, the person. Uh, I'm just trying to... Th- I'm just trying sure, to this... I'll go, yeah. yes, he does have a sister. Is it his sister? <laughs> Yes, it is. What's her name? Like, okay, what is the name of Moses' sister? I, I can't answer oh, that wait, one. Yeah, no, because it's going to be a yes or no question. What's the name of Moses' sister? It's not Miriam, is it? It is! What? Good work. You got it. Good job. Oh, okay. For some reason, I was thinking Miriam um, was a woman that Moses married later on. No, so Zipporah is the name of the woman that Moses marries. Because there, there was a story where Moses married and there was a bit of an uproar and Miriam was annoyed, I think, maybe. Miriam was annoyed saying... Um, and I, I shared this last week. I think I mentioned yes. Miriam no, 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 last no. week. Yes, that's right. No, no, no. So he, there's a, in Numbers 12, there's an issue that happens with Moses and this, this Cushite wife that he mm. takes. Yeah. There you go, Miriam. Miriam. That's it. That's it. Um, the thing that stumped me for a moment was when you said, uh, does she show up before the Exodus? Because she does, but not her name. Oh, okay. Because right. remember in Ex- Exodus 2, Moses is put onto the Nile and then he gets to Pharaoh's daughter. And then it says his sister came and said, shall I ask a Hebrew woman to come in and nurse him for you? Wow, yes. But it just says sister. It doesn't say Miriam. So Miriam as the name comes up later, I think in Exodus 14 or 15. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely 15. She has a song in Exodus 15. Yeah. Um, well, that was a great that was a great person. That was like right in the perfect zone of like somewhere between medium and hard. That was that yeah, was good. nice. That was excellent. Great. Yeah, good. Good on you. Yeah, the the, the hard mode one was pretty hard that I had. What, can I, what was your hard mode one? Can I ask that? Oh, uh, maybe I should save it for a future week. Oh, no. Okay, right. No, you, you want to know? Uh, yeah, who was you. it? Who was it? Um, do you know in 1 Kings 13 where you've got the uh, the man of God? No. Uh, 1 Kings 13. Yeah, it's hard mode. The man of God from 1 Kings. 1 Kings 13 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible because it's such an outrageous story that teaches a profound point. No one has the right to not listen to the word of God. Um, oh, okay. But uh, yeah, 1 Kings 13. It's, it's, it's a great chapter. Listeners, you might want to have a read of that this week. It's, it's a truly, truly amazing story. What did you say? It was an outrageous story that teaches a profound point. It's an out- yes, that no one has the right to, to ignore the word of God. Much like Stuart Little. An outrageous story that teaches a profound point. <laughs> What's the profound point of Stuart Little? Mice are rodents. <laughs> Mice are rodents. You can never trust a rodent. <laughs> They'll get you. 
You know, my the favorite my favorite thing about Stuart Little is that the dad is played by Hugh Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just I think because I was watching I watched Stuart Little and then I started watching House and then I went back to Stuart Little and I just could not take him seriously. You know? That's maybe one of the only movies I've ever cried in. Stuart Little. Stuart Little one. Yeah. When really? the when, when he, he drives away in the little car from the house. Yes, that's I right. I lost it first time yes. I saw that. Oh, little little George is so sad that his mm. his brother, who he has grown to love now, is gone. Yes, but he he ends up spoiler spoiler alert for our listeners. It's a happy ending. Don't ruin it. <laughs> it could have been a tragic ending. Imagine yeah. that. Imagine <laughs> a. a, a... <laughs> Imagine if Stuart, if Stuart Little ended really tragically, do you think it would have had the same cultural impact and stayed in popularity? You know, I was, I was thinking about this recently. Uh, just yesterday, in fact. You know, in Spider-Man 2, do you, I have, Viv and I watched it a few weeks ago. Spider-Man 2, there's a scene where um, uh, one of the characters is approaching you know, a tied-up Spider-Man and is about to pull his mask off. And I remember being there in the cinema when I watched this. This was back in um, uh, when I was 11, I think. And going, nah, this never happens. You know, what are you talking about? There's, oh my goodness, the mask came off. He found out, you know. And I was there going, I can't believe they did that. Because mm. you, know you know, in films, they, they, they always threaten the life of a hero. Or they mm. go, oh, someone's going to find out about their identity. It never happens. But I was shocked that it happened. And so, imagine Stuart Little, right? You've got these families, they bring their young kids, you know, six-year-olds, to go see this cute story about a little mouse voiced by Marty McFly himself. He's not right? going to die, surely. He's not going to die, surely. And then the film ends oh, with him man. getting eaten by a bird. Imagine. Imagine. That would have left a generation of kids traumatised, including yeah. little Pip Witheridge. Little me, I would have been... Uh... I would have been beside myself if he died, but... It would have been memorable, though, right? Yeah. But we won't spoil it. So, for listeners, you don't know. He might have. You don't know. Anyway. That's um, it. This has been another excellent episode of the Bible Boys. If we we do say so ourselves. Um, (laughs) Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, we will catch you again next week. See ya. (laughs) 